This is Kanzenshu, the podcast, episode 445 for the week of June 3rd, 2018. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kanzenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. What's up? My name is Mike. I may see me around as Vegito EX here on episode 445 of our podcast. Man, do we have an extravaganza of an episode for you. We got a multi-parter here. Uh, I don't want to waste too much time, so I'm just going to get right into explaining what I have on deck for you this week. Our, I, I guess you call it news segment this week, is going to uh, actually be two separate talks with different folks about Toyotaro. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Toyotaro is the author-illustrator of the Dragon Ball Super manga that runs in Shueisha's V-Jump magazine, uh, previously responsible going back in time to the three-part promotional Resurrection F manga, and before that, Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission, all of which ran in V-Jump. Things came to a head uh, somewhere around two weeks ago at this point, where fans online, uh, seemingly starting with fans in Japan, noticed some very distinct similarities between a uh, an in-progress sketch and the final design, the final artwork on the cover of the July 2018 issue of V-Jump that just recently came out uh, on the 21st of May. Uh, a tweet that Toyotaro had showing uh, how he got to the final piece that was subsequently removed. Uh, and then, of course, the final artwork itself, which you cannot remove because it's uh, the cover of a magazine that has been released. Uh, striking similarities to a very specific panel from uh, the number one issue of Captain Marvel in 2012, a very specific pose of Captain America. Accusations of uh, tracing, and then the larger discussions of what is a reference, what is an homage, what is uh, and how do you prove actual tracing of artwork, and then the even larger question of, well, so what? What does all that mean? Uh, well, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to do it in a very Kanzenshu way. First up on the show, you're going to hear, uh, you may not remember, but actually a returning guest here on the show, uh, my buddy Rich. I wanted to chat with an accomplished artist like Rich, uh, someone that is undeniably a Dragon Ball fan, has been for a very long time, uh, but is not the usual voice that you would hear. It's not someone that we have week in, week out on the podcast. Uh, it's not someone that you have already heard from before. Uh, I wanted a little bit of an outside voice to uh, take a look at this and give me, uh, in, in the words that I can't give you myself, that artistic perspective. So Rich and I are going to chat. Uh, I don't know how long the final chat is going to end up being uh, when it's edited, but it's a fantastic chat. Uh, then I'm going to chat with one more person, a familiar voice on the show, uh, but not one of the voices you might expect to hear talk about this. That's actually Jeff. Again, someone else that you uh, definitely haven't heard talk about this. Jeff is a very musical person, obviously running Low Fidelity, uh, the music podcast we do. Uh, approach it from a different artistic side. I think these are the kinds of voices that are important to hear on this. They're not people that have, and you're going to hear me use this phrase later, uh, I think it's a very good phrase, they're not people that have a horse in the race when it comes to Toyotaro. And I think uh, now that we're a little bit removed from uh, the initial hot takes, those are the voices that I want to elevate, that I want to share. 
Uh, I think it's important to get those perspectives. So uh, those are the folks that I'm going to be chatting with here uh, about Toyotaro and this supposed tracing. Uh, That's going to be our heavy chat for the week. And then I can't leave it there. I got to leave you with uh, a little hilarity, at least what I hope is fun. Uh, I'm continuing to dig into the archives of pre-recorded material with Julian. Julian, here from Konzenshu, was here locked in my basement recently. Uh, And we dug out the 590 quiz book that was released a few years ago. Julian is going to quiz Mary and I from this book. Uh, It's incredibly embarrassing. Uh, in retrospect, listening back, looking back on these questions, uh, I'm appalled and upset with myself uh, that I could not answer a couple of these questions either as quickly as I should have or at all. Uh, this will be the last episode of me hosting the podcast. I am formally handing in my Konzenshu ownership card, uh, my Dragon Ball fan card. Uh, I will no longer be a part of this community. No, I'm just kidding. I'm still super uh, incredibly embarrassed by it, but hopefully that will be part of the fun. Just keep in mind, we had recorded seven episodes in total that weekend, so my mind was a little gone at that point. You know, no, I take full responsibility for my actions and my answers. That is what is on deck for you this week. I think it's a fantastic episode. There's a lot to listen to. I hope you enjoy everything that you hear. Would love to hear what you have to say in response to what all these great folks have to say. So uh, kick us an email, kick us a message on social media, uh, leave us a response on the forum, leave us a comment wherever you're listening to this. Uh, very much looking forward to hearing from you, the listeners, the fans, the readers of Consensu. So again, I say Without any further ado, let us get into our topic. First up, we are going to chat with Rich. Then you'll hear from Jeff about Toyotaro. First up to talk Toyotaro and, dare I say, Tracegate 2018. No, I'm not going to call it that. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Uh, Believe it or not, a returning guest on the show, uh, Rich Green, you were last here. Podcast episode 255. Back in April 2011, not only a former guest on the show, a former contest winner. It's crazy. Really crazy. It's a... (laughs) It doesn't feel that long. It feels like I was just here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't. I, I think I had this mixer at the time. I'm trying to think. In 2011, did I have the capacity to do three or four microphones at the same time? I, I must have. I'm in it work somehow. Yes, you definitely did have three mics because we had our uh, other yeah. guest, Scott Melzer, with us. Right, right. Rich, uh, I'm so glad to have you here because we are going to talk Toyotaro and there's been a lot of chat in the Dragon Ball fan community over the last week, two weeks at this point. And I think it's important that all the Dragon Ball fans you expect to hear talk about it have their say on things. Um, I'm interested in what they have to say. I'm interested in what other people have to say about this as well. Now, you are a Dragon Ball fan. You're a longtime Dragon Ball fan. Dragon Ball fan. Uh, I know this because you have followed the website and the podcast, (laughs) so clearly you're a Dragon Ball fan. Uh, But I also know you as a very talented artist, and you can bring in the vocabulary and the experience that I don't personally have, and you are someone outside of that regular circle, and I I want that unique voice. So I I definitely appreciate, kind of last minute, being like, uh, 
Rich, come talk Toyotaro with me. Can you do so? <laughs> yes, absolutely can. Uh, so thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Well, I appreciate that uh, I was one of your first people to think of. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully the first. <laughs> but uh, it's a real honor being here. By this point, people already know the background. Uh, Toyotaro came under fire, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japanese fans seem to be the first ones to pick up on the fact that uh, a sketch that he put up which is not the final version of the artwork. Uh, it's an in-progress sketch that he subsequently deleted off of his Twitter account. Uh, appeared to be traced wholesale in part to some degree, um, whether it's in totality or rotated along the way. We'll get into that. Or uh, definitely referenced. Right. <laughs> and we'll break down those differences. Uh, from a panel in Captain Marvel, a uh, particular uh, compilation uh, from 2012, or... I mean, there's a compilation, an individual issue. And from there on, it it just, it turned in (laughs) to the conversation (laughs) it is. Take me through things. So you've looked at the original source material. You've looked at Toyotaro's sketch. You've seen final V-Jump cover, which is over here. (laughs) Um, Just chat things out for me. Uh, Looking at all of these drawings, what do you see? What do you notice? Uh, What do you think? When I look at the original yeah, I see a specific Captain America is doing this action shot where he's throwing his shield and there is certain elements that create make it correct. Mm-hmm. So you have your horizon line. We're at a worm's eye view where we're looking up and it's distorting Captain America. And these elements of how the building is and the action of him torquing his body to throw the shield all add up to a correct art piece there there would be definitely differences like if i was drawing that same image i would probably tackled it just a little bit different but that's where different artists sure come from but when i look at toyotaro's work I don't see the elements that pull it together. Okay. So he takes this image and he pulls it out of the horizon and he has Goku doing this funny bending backwards uh-huh. and it's almost like his, the shoulders dislocated from the the actual torso. Why? I, it doesn't make sense to me why he would do it other than he saw a cool image and decided that he wanted to replicate it without understanding why the the original image worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a common complaint about Toyotaro, which I'm sure we'll get to as you've uh, looked through a lot of his current work and, and got a couple older issues of each up there in front of you. <laughs> and immediately you open them and just start laughing at some of the panels. So we'll get to that as well. Uh, so then take me to Toyotaro's sketch in, in the final image and in comparison to that Captain America pose. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the elements where you look at that and you go, "Well, this is clearly traced artwork." The different. Uh, let's go with the differences okay. first. On the final image, he changes the hands. Yeah. He also creates a little bit more flowing outfit, which is Goku has more of a flowing outfit. Where in superhero comics, they're mm-hmm. a lot more skin tight. Yeah. Um. So it's creating different proportions to the silhouette of Goku. Those are the differences. What makes me think this is traced or was or at least partially traced was the elements that do line up are elements that don't connect together so the hands they look like almost Toriyama type hands Mm. put on to a different body and then with the perspective it, it looks like a mishmash of 
art pieces. So mm, he yeah. is taking different elements and putting them together to create one figure. And that's where I start saying, well, maybe that is Trace because this, if he was really drawing it, he would have created a cohesive art piece. Right. Even if you didn't like it, even if you think it looked wrong, it still would feel like a whole is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. One of the, the biggest elements in the piece, going back to the horizon line, on the cover, they're, they're floating in space. Yeah. There's no perspective. There, there's nothing to back up why we're looking at Goku at that angle. Mm. We're just looking at a floating figure who is distorting his body in a funny way where he, he's not doing anything special. Yeah. To, to do that. And that's where, whether he traced it or he referenced it, it it's clearly coming from that Captain Marvel, uh, which, which is of Captain America mm-hmm. piece. So then tell me, <laughs> do you want to just get into the, the, the artistic side of things, tracing artwork? There's so many different directions we can go in. There's the why would someone do this? There's the artistic integrity side of things. How do you want to approach this? As an artist yourself, mm-hmm. I guess walk me through uh, not knowing Toyotaro personally, uh, what would lead to something like this? Assuming that elements were traced, and yeah. for this discussion, we're going to assume they were, mm-hmm. what would lead to something like that? Uh, professional deadlines is one thing that uh, could lead to something like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when they look at tracing, they usually are going to stealing. That's their first thought. Sure. That's not what I usually see. I usually see someone who's not ready to be a professional. I see someone who hasn't learned how to draw on their own just yet. They haven't found their voice or understand the basic structures on how to create an original art piece. Mm-hmm. And that that's my concern. I, I've had that concern when I saw earlier works of uh, Toyotaro's, mm-hmm. but this more confirms it for me. Yeah. And uh. that's been a concern for, for many years. Uh, there's popular images of collections of broken necks from <laughs> Toyotaro <laughs> drawings. Uh, I gave you a couple selections, uh, something from later in Victory Mission, uh, something from the Resurrection F manga he did there. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you just open to a random page. Tell me some of the things that you immediately noticed in there. There was definitely portions where the face was facing in the wrong direction, where his were technically supposed to be looking at Goku's back. But the faces looking like we would be seeing his chest. Mm-hmm. They don't connect together. There's also uh, anatomy issues. His deltoids aren't drawn in correctly. He doesn't have proper biceps. There, mm-hmm. There's a lack of understanding um, of how figures are drawn. Most artists, they can come into different directions. So as a child, I learned to draw from Dragon Ball. That yeah. was one of the main references I used as uh, I would uh, draw Gohan. I, I could draw Gohan all day. That was uh, a. And, and well, then I, tell me about that because I, I always am fascinated by Toriyama's artwork yeah. because, and I think I say this, you'll hear this a little later when I talk to Jeff, uh, the way he draws doesn't always make sense, but somehow it still feels right. Yes. Toriyama, he is able to create an exaggeration that he is consistent with. Mm. And this is his interpretation of the basic building blocks. Got it. And so that's why he can make it work. So going back to as a child trying to learn to draw, Mm -hmm. I was emulating Toriyama and not understanding the building blocks. It led me to look at 
a lot of people's works. It led me to seeing something and trying to draw it and not understanding what am I drawing? Why yeah. does the nose look that way? Why does the eyes look that way? Why does the hair drawn in the spiky manner? What, mm -hmm. what, these are these interpretations. I, I didn't ever think about it. I just drew. But as I got older and I wanted to create something of my own, I had to study the basic building blocks and I had to distance myself from that child that had to look at everything. Mm. So I had to I'd say, let's not get into style we, because style really is interpretation. So uh, you have to go to the building blocks, which are uh, anatomy, there's composition, there's light and shadow, there's perspective. Those are the basic building blocks to drawing. And when you do the, when you get those foundational ideas down then comes in style and mm. that's your interpretation of those uh, the foundations so a lot of Toriyama's interpretations are unique they're not always proper but not not a lot of art isn't proper but it's consistent yeah, and, it's, it, and he knows why he's getting to that point yes well sometimes he'll say he doesn't know why but <laughs> i think <laughs> underneath that and <clears throat> that coy exterior I, I think he does actually know yes and he also has years of experience yeah, like yeah. he he's grown so much we can see see uh from manga, uh, from chapter to chapter yeah, yeah. Uh, from the beginning of his career to the end that he had so much growth right as an artist and that that was that was an amazing journey to follow so when i look at toyo toro i don't see someone who understands what he's looking at Mm. I, I see someone who's perfecting the way to draw an eyebrow, perfecting the way to draw the eyes to emulate, but not to make his own artistic interpretations. Mm. And so with these accusations of tracing or references, it gets me concerned that we're not really getting to see who Torotaro is as mm. an artist. If he's having Toriyama style and he's tracing other people's works, where's Torotaro yeah, in yeah. the mix? He, he's just taking two things and putting them together. Right, and I guess the question would be, well, does it come out in the storytelling? Uh, and the, the question there is, well, he's not as senior as Toriyama yeah. who can say, well, I'm going to deliver my manuscript Tuesday night at 2 a.m. and you can't change anything because it's too late, but I'm Toriyama. Toyotaro doesn't have that liberty. So he may be told from an editorial perspective, this is how we would like you to do the story. And and we get some kind of candid interviews with Toriyama and Toyotaro together, but who knows how truly candid that is. Something yeah. I, I talk about often. Uh, these interviews, they may feel candid. These are all propaganda interviews. I mean, that's the entire point of these magazines. They are promotional magazines. Mm -hmm. um, even the collected edition, yes, it's, it's a piece of artwork that has been released in collected form. It's there to sell you the next volume <laughs> as well. <laughs> like that, That's why these things exist. So, Toyotaro's voice, it, it sounds like we're not necessarily seeing it in the artwork and, and it's up for debate how much we're, we're learning through his storytelling. So then that begs the question, why Toyotaro? Um, yes. People always bring up all these other talented fan manga artists. Uh, most recently, Dragon Garo Lee has been out there, did uh, the, the Yamcha, Resurrected as Yamcha manga that came out officially mm. uh, to great response. It's going to be coming out here in America later this year. Uh, these are all fan manga artists, though. Uh, Young Gigi is perhaps another one. Uh, actually, this is Young Gigi. 
over here. Oh, uh, but there's still those thoughts uh, in, in with young Gigi in particular of, no, you're definitely just tracing that. Yeah. So when are we going to know who you are? And getting back to that question, so why Toyotaro? Uh, I mean, there's questions of the time in 2012. Well, he was the one who was around. He was the one who was available. Mm-hmm. He was the one who was willing to play by the rules at that time. Uh, and, and there's so many fan agendas out there. Something oh. you're going to hear later on is, well, is this an excuse to take down Toyotaro? I, I was thinking about that, too, because going back to being a child, I that was my dream. Yeah. You know, and I, I guarantee you there's millions of other people who grew up drawing Dragon Ball. It's right. Like, he has the dream job. Why him? Yeah. And why him? And then next, why is he doing this? And yeah. then next, well, it should be me. Yes, exactly. And so there ha- there has to be a reason that he was chosen. And it's not my place to say why Akira Toriyama chose him as the successor. I, I'm just saying these are my concerns. Right. And I, I would be curious. I would sure, be curious sure. what, what is the, the thought process. Um, of course, Toriyama created an incredible legacy. And I, I actually feel bad for Torotaro because I feel like he has been put into a position to carry a flagship manga and not he might not be prepared for that. Yeah. You might like I do believe that artists should be able to learn on the job. And well, uh, people would say, well, he had that opportunity. He yeah. did victory mission for what was it like something like two years. He yeah. did the three months of the Resurrection F manga. Is that not enough time? Is it not enough time for him in particular? Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's it's possible. Um, a lot of the greats that I that I loved are. They do it for 30 years, you know, and it's not about a quick growth. I don't, there's possibly growth between those mangas and now. Mm. And I I would love to see him keep growing as an artist. I I just don't know if this is the manga to be doing it with. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Take me back to what we were talking about earlier with, all right, professional deadlines, that could be a concern. Uh, what else could lead someone to do this? And maybe just take me through your perspective on the artistic integrity side of things. Uh, my take is that, uh, I mean, I'm not in charge at Shueisha or Toei. Mm-hmm. I have no horse in this race. But my take is, well, you didn't have enough time too bad. That's not my problem. That's not my fault. Yeah. You put out a piece of artwork that does not live up to the integrity and the spirit of Dragon Ball. And people would say, well, Toriyama traced his own stuff from time to time. So maybe he's falling right in line. <laughs> I, I kind of don't care. Like we as Dragon Ball fans ask more. Mm-hmm. of our professionals uh what's your take on that i know that a lot of artists they reference uh works they for inspirations or different uh for different reasons um for example i will go to art museums and look at master painters or master artists who do amazing compositions or can draw amazing contours there's different things that i will look for to try to emulate or to learn from to add into my artwork so i can't say that i if i use a composition from a painting that that's not reference right so there is a it, there is a fine line between completely stealing and using something as a tool 
when Toyotoro is working from this Captain America piece, clearly trying to reference and he's trying to learn from the from the artwork. But I don't think this is the proper way to learn. Yeah. I don't think he's learning anything from tracing or referencing someone else's work because it's one thing if he was saying oh i really like how he drew a hand or i like this composition and i want to try to create a worm's eye view type piece like this but when he takes the full figure and not he's not learning why the figure works or what the anatomy is that's that's where he's not he's doing himself a disservice mm. And so I, I'm not ang- I, I don't get upset with people who trace because the reality is that the person who published the Marvel piece already got paid. He, he made money off of it. And these are years of uh, he, he put in the years of work to be able to create such a piece. I think um, what people would say is, yeah, he paid his dues. Yeah. He got to the point where he was able to do something like that. And to have that honestly so shamelessly taken from him something i always remember um scott actually scott melzer talking about uh when we were doing amvs i remember someone specifically asked him i i really loved one of your music videos i love the song i love the way you edited it would i be able to use that song with a different anime and edit it in the exact same way and scott's response was well if you do that you've taken literally the only thing i've contributed to this the, the song is not mine. The anime is not mine. The only thing I've done is arrange them together in a way. Yeah. Uh, the person who drew Captain America did not create Captain America. The only thing he did, the only thing he contributed was that pose and that layout on the page. Uh, and that's where I have thoughts about the artistic integrity is you've taken literally the only thing that that person contributed there. Yes. That, that's not yours to take. I, I I agree with that. Well, I not not to take wholesale. Yeah, I mean, there's the the difference between a reference and a direct tracing. Sure. Yes. I but I I completely agree with you. I I guess I feel when I see that I just see someone who is an amateur, and mm. I think there's a lot of artists out there who. Uh, so if you look if you Google an image, you're looking for someone falling, for example, you might find a picture of someone falling and then you might find a duplicate of that same picture mm-hmm. but it's drawn and so it's clearly been traced and someone sure. is made that to learn from yeah yeah and so when i see these type of works i see someone who's possibly trying to learn and trying to uh create uh, from that but i just think they just don't know the proper way of learning what i'm getting from you is actually almost a sense of pity for toyotaro oh is, I, it, is I, that accurate I, oh i completely I, I i do feel really bad for him because i i think he's been put in a spotlight that he's not ready for hmm. um and <laughs> i i don't believe that someone like him was would do this as a malicious act yeah i believe that he probably was a young kid drawing Dragon Ball, having the dream of being the successor to Toriyama, and it actually happened. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get, he didn't realize that maybe he needed to go to art school to get the learn how to draw figures properly, to learn the perspective. He didn't get all the tools that he probably needed. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that's uh, that's what I guess my perspective for him is. I I feel bad for him. 
And I, I know that's not going to be the popular uh, <laughs> that, the popular belief. And there's also going to be people who are going who are so enraged by he's stolen. And mm-hmm. I, I I just to me, I, I, I can I can see that perspective and I understand it. But I, I just feel like it's a guy who's gotten the dream job but he doesn't know how to be the the dream artist. <laughs> Got it. So walk me through, as we talked about, Toyotaro's original sketch yes. to the final version. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are differences, clearly. He's still credited uh, with this final artwork in the back of the book. What's your take on, as things were pointed out, him deleting that original tweet? Uh, something I'm going to be talking about with Jeff uh, shortly after this is uh, what is an admission of guilt walk me through posted this deleted it final version is slightly different did it even matter in the meantime that he was tracing to get to this final piece of artwork i don't know if it's an admission of guilt uh, the reason i i don't know is i have no idea who runs his twitter page it's like there is a chance that there is some intern at shonen jump who yeah. is uh doing the taking a picture of this sketch and it's like, oh, I'm just going to post it, and that's then true sees too. all yeah. the sees all the hate that's coming from yeah, uh, yeah. the the outsiders, and maybe uh, Toyotaro is going, "What are you doing posting yeah. that piece? That that's wasn't true. ready." I mean, it's run to appear to be real and yeah. direct from him, uh, but that's a very good point. We don't know. I have no idea. I I would say that uh, art takes a long time to draw, and I, I personally have a hard time running uh, social media. So if I got into his position uh-huh. i would definitely have someone else uh run my social media because yeah. i would yeah i would have no time for it so then the big question is as i kind of alluded to there does this even matter keeping in mind that uh he's admitted to in his passing carnation mm-hmm. as toyable uh it was obvious when he was tracing things and admitted to it uh as you're flipping through some of his prior works i mean there's mm-hmm. some clear reference tracing going on there um with that history in mind, how significant is this, I guess, is the, the final big question, followed by does it matter? Uh, it 100% matters. I don't think I will ever look at him as a same the same artist. Yeah. Um, before I knew, I, I, I guess I didn't look closely enough because I didn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. There was, there were, I wanted to believe that, well, maybe he just, he could draw certain elements well but he hadn't learned the proper building blocks yet. Or maybe he's just he's just trying to figure it out. He's mm-hmm. trying to figure out exaggeration because in art, there are exaggerations. There are things that aren't correct and that don't work, but you have to figure out how to make them work. So I, I wanted to believe that he just was finding his footing. But when I and when I now look at his works, I there's no way that I cannot think about him as someone who's tracing and not only that, but not having his own his own voice. Yeah. I, I, I that's that's I that's my biggest issue is that I don't see him as an artist anymore. I see someone who's maybe like I, I this is going this is an exaggeration. But if he was photoshopping, uh, let's just say, uh, Kira Toriyama's heads and then mixing it with another artist's body, mm-hmm. is that his work? Uh, <laughs> some would argue maybe because he's splicing them together. It's but... transformative in some way. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's an original creation. Sure. But 
my definition of his artwork, it, it doesn't, it wouldn't fall under that. I mm. would say it's two people's artworks that he's mashed together in a in an abominatory fashion. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I also would say it matters because. He's not only carrying his legacy, he's carrying Toriyama's legacy. He, By him being the successor, there is a, going to be a generation of children who don't know Akira Toriyama's works as well as they know Toyotaro's work. Yeah. And that, that concerns me. Hmm. As a fan, an avid fan of Akira Toriyama... It concerns me that he is as the uh, carrying his legacy and Toriyama's legacy. Got um, I know that there there are cool elements of having Dragon Ball continue in this form. Uh, one of the cool elements is it's allowed me to talk to some of my younger cousins who mm. who didn't wouldn't have known about Goku and know about the characters that I grew up with without seeing Dragon Ball Kai or Dragon Ball Super. Mm-hmm. But there is allowed a, a bridge to happen from generations to sure. be able to say, oh, I experienced this and you are experiencing a form of my childhood. It's exciting that we can talk about this. Mm. And so that, that's the way that Torotaro is carrying on Akira Toriyama's legacy. And elements like this concern me. With that in mind, uh, you were curious about perhaps looking at, before this happened, (laughs) the Dragon Ball Super manga and uh, maybe joining in some discussions on that. Uh, Our review of the Dragon Ball Super manga started in a timely fashion with the Battle of God's Ark, which was four chapters. Uh, and then they skipped Resurrection F, and we promptly forgot about it in the meantime, <laughs> despite the fact that it's been coming out this whole time, and we certainly talk about it. Uh, I, I do like to cover things as arcs, and at this point, well, that puts us all the way back in the Universe 6 versus 7 tournament. Oh. Uh, I've been looking to pick that back up for a while. I had uh, tentatively scheduled some reviews, and planning mostly fell through on those, usually on my own behalf. Uh, you were curious about coming on and talking about Toyotaro's artwork, uh, more about that actual composition on the page. So you're going to come back and uh, we'll do Universe 6 versus 7 with some other folks? I, I definitely will. I think it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can never go back. Yeah, it's one of those things of, I, I wish I didn't know how the sausage was made. Yeah. <laughs> that, <that's laughs> because uh, I... I I have been reading the manga and I had different perspectives uh, yeah, yeah. when I was originally reading it. And now learning of the, this new knowledge, it's it's warped some of the, the uh, some of those perspectives. And I'm going to have to reflect on it. Sure. But I always think more information is always better. Yes. No matter what that information is, uh, gives, you, gives you a better picture. Sometimes you don't like that picture, but you got that picture. Oh, uh, 100%. All right. Uh, Rich, anything you want to toss out there? Because I'm, I'm jumping to the next speaker, so this is your chance to shine. Uh, anything you want to point people to that they can check out? Yes. Uh, please like me at Rich Green Art on Facebook. It's uh, 
that that's my personal fan page. If you follow it, I post artwork on there of my own works. I can promise you there is not going to be any tracing or <laughs> I, but I do use references. Um, but I, I don't reference one thing and I do have certain basic understandings of arts. <laughs> and so, you wouldn't be here otherwise. So, <laughs> so please, uh, come like my page and, uh, I will definitely, uh, if, if I, I see a big fan base, I'll start uh, drawing more Dragon Ball because it's definitely been close to my heart. It's uh, it's one of those uh, things that uh, it started my art journey and I, I do, I return to it every so often. Uh, there's quite a uh, a few people out there that would appreciate some Gohan drawings, I'm sure. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so throw that to the top of the list. <laughs> Rich, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Jeff is here. Hi, Mike. Hi. We just recorded something, but I'm here because you asked me to be. It's totally separate from uh, what we're talking about here. Uh, I want your perspective on this. Uh, theoretically, you're second in line of uh, talking about this w- with folks. So we just looked at all the evidence that exists for this. Uh, started you with the the actual, this is the issue of each. I'm literally here in my hands. Uh, and then shook all the way back. We look at Toyotaro's uh, original sketch that they put up on Twitter, which has since been removed. Uh, we looked at the reference material in Captain Marvel and some of the other commentary that's been out there. Let me first get your thoughts. Jeff, what's a reference? A reference? Hmm. Drawing what, reference, musical reference? What, what's a reference? What's an homage? An homage, okay. Uh, an homage is when you essentially recreate an existing work, but you put your own spin on it. I guess varying degrees. I mean, that's not an homage. That's really more so like a reference, really. But depending on how much you put your own spin on it or how you dress it up, mm-hmm. you could either be doing an homage, you could be plagiarizing. Of course, mm-hmm. there's always that fine line. But an homage, I think, is a more respectful version where you're blending the lines enough that you do put a take on something that already exists. And especially with an homage, the original source is something that's known versus something that's unknown Mm -hmm. and you're capitalizing off of it. All right. So especially in the context here where there was an original draft, which has subsequently been removed uh, and is not the same as the final version, just get into it. What is your take on what Toyotaro did here uh is it significant does it matter what actually happened what do you think i need to come at this with i guess three different perspectives okay because as you and your listeners know i'm a big music listener i have a music podcast uh i think about music almost constantly so it's a big part of my life and so i can certainly uh see how in an artistic sense with music how this sort of thing relates we hear about these plagiarism cases all the time plagiarism and, so, and references and samples and like this is a part of music culture for sure right exactly i mean taking to a recent example the whole thing with blurred lines and i think marvin gay who sued and actually won the lawsuit saying mm. that the music was heavily inspired or at least uh took pieces when this was a particular case where not so much but now that they've won it opens up the floodgates for more lawsuits like this when right. maybe it shouldn't necessarily be the case So this is a very big topic in the music world, especially other perspectives. However, yes, I went to art school, so uh, I do have that knowledge of how to start as an artist. Uh, So 
you have to begin with doing tracings and having to copy other artists because you're just getting your feet wet, just starting to understand what your own style looks like. Mm. And so that perspective, this is not Toyotaro by any stretch of the imagination, but there is that uh, context that I can bring to it. And the third context, while I was in art school, I had a ton of cartooning friends uh, in that major. Uh, They were all comic book fans. They were all doing comic book work. And so Perspectives two and three are going to mix a little bit there because uh, those guys had to do a lot of what I'm seeing here in order for them to be successful. So that's just a quick summation of my perspective on this or three perspectives. Sure. But going into the music part of it, yes, you can't just take an established recording, put it out there without any changes, call it your own and get money from it. Like that's just plagiarism, plain and simple. And that's not what's happening here. Right. So we separate that out. We're looking at something that is very similar to the original work Mm -hmm. you could say uh if someone's playing a guitar and they're borrowing the lick quote unquote the lick if you listen to adam neely or watch his youtube channels you'll know the significance of quote the lick and how that's been done multiple times over i mean even to like when you think about how you couldn't sing happy birthday in a restaurant because you know it was public performance of an of a copyrighted work and that kind of ridiculousness we're not seeing any of that here so we need to take that out of the picture at the same time there is uh, a clear reference going on to an original piece of artwork so bring in that art school background and some of the uh, cartooning context that I have or the friends that I've had that have experiences similar to this where you're getting your feet wet, you're establishing your style and you are doing tracings on a regular basis because you are building that muscle memory Mm. to get that pose in your head so that you can do it without that source being there in the future. At some point, though, you're no longer just an amateur artist trying to get your feet wet. You are an established artist who doesn't need to go back and trace Uh, unless you're under some major time restraints. And I mean, it's an easy way out, but if you do it with something really obscure, who's to say that you're either going to get caught for it or that the original artist is going to say something about it or that, you know, any ramifications at all come from that sort of practice? Well, you've already jumped ahead to the ramifications. I want to hear more about the integrity part of it. Well, the integrity is debatable because... To do an homage is common practice and being influenced by something is common practice. Of course. But it's appropriation when you're claiming ownership that's not actually yours. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is on the cover of Mm V-Jump. Do I see the artist's name on the cover? Not on the cover, but it is uh, in the back. So so V-Jump is doing the job of claiming that this is an original work of that artist. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Toyotaro's name is in the back of the book as the cover artwork, you know, at least his side of it, Toyotaro. Yeah. Okay, so that's where we get into the gray area. Not so much that there was a copying being done, but that there's a claim that the copying being done is ownership of the artist. You're saying intrinsically they're saying this entire piece in totality is an original creation of this person. And you're saying, well, clearly that's not accurate based on what we see here. It's not because it's tracing of this other work. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, we don't have an admission. So, Well, do we? Because part of that is that tweet is no longer there with his original draft. An act of deletion is not an act of admission. Yeah. And that has to be something repeated over and over again because it's so easy to forget. But I mean, we ran into that with Kenji Yamamoto and his Dragon Ball Kai score is... (laughs) They did actually say may infringe on the rights of certain parties, but they never said it was this song, it was this person, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, it's not the act of deletion. It's what's contained in the thing that was deleted Mm. that matters more. And deletions do nothing. And all these people should learn from this. Don't delete anything because it's going to be in the Wayback Machine. It's going to be screenshot by someone. Right. 
look. Already was. This wasn't on archive.org. It wasn't in Google's cache. But because he's a public figure, people save his material. And this tweet was saved. Right. So that's that's understandable that he would delete it. I'm just saying, look, it's pointless to do that. Yeah. The evidence is already out there. Is it an homage? Is it copying? Right. That's basically the question here. Right. And it, from the looks of it, it's actual tracing, not simply I looked at it and I drew it over here with my own hand. So I think that's why there are multiple layers to this question of can we talk about the artistic integrity part of it? Can we talk about the, the tracing part of it? Can we talk about the fact that, well, that draft version isn't what you see on the final page here. Does it even matter in the meantime that his draft was a trace if the final product is no longer that exact trace? Well, that's why I go back to the ownership part of it mm-hmm. more than anything else, because when you look at who's claiming ownership and who's admitting to copying if you have that then there's no question to ask but when you don't have any of that and all these questions appear Mm -hmm. you're going into dangerous territory of whether you start labeling every major or minor act of copying as plagiarism Mm -hmm. and so you don't want to go down that line you just want to look at this as the you're really looking at the ramifications is the person who originally did the artwork suffering in any way from this piece and the original artist is saying quite the opposite. They're saying, I'm flattered that they that they traced me. Yeah, they're also saying I'm conflicted over it at the same time. They are, and, sure. But I would ask, regardless, like how how does this impact them in any way? I mean, that's, that's getting into the very nature of copyright, and it was set up to uh, allow people to create freely without having their works copied uh, and be monetarily, generally, uh, affected by someone creating a similar thing. Like, that's not happening. Like, the cover of V-Jump has zero impact on the sales of Captain Marvel. But then we have to ask the question, well, does that make it okay then? Ah, right. Because if you allow this, then you're allowing other people to copy and then there's nothing original and whatever. Let me ask you this. Okay. How many different poses of the human body do you think there are that you can draw that have that kind of a dramatic effect? Jeff, how many notes exist in the in the audible spectrum of humanity and how many ways can you arrange them to create music to the point where we get into microtonal where you're going between all the 12 notes of the 12 note system yeah certainly uh see i think that's i think that's a bullshit way to approach it because i mean you could turn your head any like slight direction and then oh it's a different pose but like the evidence is is so clear here Mm -hmm. um well especially with the angle the body position i mean there is a lot of similarity here and i'm not saying that it's clearly copying or it's not clearly copying or that there shouldn't be any blowback at all. It kind of sounds like I'm saying that, but I really don't mean it to approach it that way. I just don't want to slip into the pitfall of we're going to start labeling everything. We're going to start looking for this everywhere. Well, so the background you don't know is that Toyotaro, uh, previously under the the pen name Toybull, did a Dragon Ball AF fan manga where he consistently would uh, trace panels uh, from Toriyama's original manga and even poked fun at himself uh, talking about people noticing the fact that he was tracing and saying, well, can't you just ignore that? Can't you just enjoy it for what it is? Okay, so that puts a different spin on Mm -hmm. things, certainly. Uh, If you're going to address it yourself, at the same time, though, he's not doing that here. So he's poking fun at himself for copying in another instance, but now he's copying for real. And so, you know, is that a slap on the wrist or is that is that a call for a slap on the wrist? And quite honestly, I feel like it is, because if he's already done this sort of thing before. Yeah. Then to me, that sounds I mean, and and there he's poking. It sounds like he's breaking the fourth wall and poking fun at it. Right. Right. So he's aware of himself doing that. Right. Well, he's making you aware of it. Yes. But but now we also have this this strict line where. 
he changed his name from Toybol to Toyotaro. Neither he, I mean, technically he has kind of admitted in public that he is Toybol. Shueisha will never admit that he was a previous fan manga artist. Even though now we have Dragon Garo Lee, I don't think I have any artwork here to show you of him, who was previously a fan manga artist, went on to do an official product under the same pen name, which is very different. I feel like they've gone this these different routes with the fan manga artists where they hired this one, his name was changed. Then they hired this one many years later and he kept his name. Very, very strange situation all around. I, I guess I don't even, I don't have something I'm looking to pull out of you. Yeah. I just like getting all these words <laughs> out of people. Yeah. It's all right. So we can see what clearly happened here. Uh, I guess I just want that. Well, let me say this. I have a bigger question. Okay. Uh, for you and your fan base. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you want to happen because of this being exposed and, and this being brought to light? Like, uh, what do you see uh, as being a, a fair response to all of this? Right. Well, a lot of people have very different agendas uh, with this because there are definitely people who can't stand Toyotaro's art. There are people who can't stand Toyotaro's storytelling uh, and would use this as a jumping point to say this is why well, he stinks yeah. and this is why he shouldn't be allowed to do this kind of thing. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty ambivalent about Toyotaro in general. Uh, I definitely share some of the concerns about some of his art. Uh, the One of the common complaints with Toyotaro is that he doesn't understand how necks work. <laughs> they kind of mm. go in different directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that Toriyama was always, always brilliant about is even when his anatomy was wrong, it still looked and felt right Toyotaro isn't so much that so I don't like even with Kenji Yamamoto when that all went down I wasn't going at it as yes justice has been served the person who did the plagiarism has been brought to justice like my feelings about Dragon Ball are strong I actually don't feel that strongly about this kind of stuff okay see this is why I wanted to ask because my question really kind of came with the sort of backhanded question of yeah yeah what is the so Mike what do you want to happen yeah yeah and and to that end I mean if you think about like what should occur because of this let me let me put it this way like i said if you're if you're going through a judicial process with this you need to have an admission of guilt you don't have one he deleted or or charges being pressed or something right i mean marvel would have to make the the move to sue the artist Mm -hmm. uh, and that is an official statement of we think you're copying right and then that gets played out in a court of law an international court of law then whatever the result is there is theoretically the fair result how many times mike have we heard kenji yamamoto <laughs> taking music yeah, yeah. from uh, american or uk or western bands and he got disgraced because of it right he actually did finally suffer some kind of consequence of it absolutely and it's it's interesting to me because and i hate to open it up to a bigger point here but you know we look at how these things work <laughs> this is going to sound really familiar to people this sort of practice was commonplace until recently where th- things like this started coming to light and now it's bad and so now we have to adjust everything right and this is what i was kind of getting at in a, a short multi-part tweet thing uh and it was jumping back to kenji yamamoto that was the thing that i was trying to get at was when i first discovered one of these days being reinterpreted as Cell's theme from Super Butoden 2. I didn't have to work to find that. It found me. It just happened to find me. Same thing kind of happened here with Captain Marvel. Not every fan of Dragon Ball is a fan of Captain Marvel. Enough probably are that actually Japanese fans were the first ones to bring it to the attention uh, of fandom. Uh, And that was the thing that was going on with Kenji Yamamoto is how many different types of fans of different types of music will find certain things. Uh, And that's the question here with Toyotaro is... 
will people go out of their way to find more examples? And my point is, I think some people will do that. I think naturally more stuff will probably be found. Let's not also forget that this was a joke on an Adult Swim cartoon. I can't remember. Oh, it was Harvey Birdman. That's what it was. I love Harvey. Me too. It was one of the episodes where... And it was about cop Harvey Berman playing a lawyer. He gets mm-hmm. to do a copyright case on a Japanese band that completely plagiarized an American yeah, 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 song. Yeah. Like this is not that's fiction breaking into reality a bit too close to home because yes, that absolutely happens. There is so much plagiarism that has gone on between the West and Japan. Absolutely, is this where we're going? Where it's we have to acknowledge this is a thing that has always happened. Doesn't excuse it. It simply explains what it is. But everyone needs to start being a little bit more worldly and aware about it. Well, this is where I side with the newer generation of things where we're not separate countries. We are a global community. We are all connected. And unless the Internet gets diminished to a point where it's useless, which Mm -hmm. certain scary directions are heading that way, (laughs) it may happen. But until that happens, Mm -hmm. we have to deal with the ramifications of having a global community that can be able to uh, access culture of all these different places and see that this copying happens way more Mm -hmm. than any of us care to admit. So this particular case certainly falls within that uh, where we're seeing definite tracing at the same time. Here's all this artist had to do to avoid this whole controversy in the first place. This is what other artists do. And it's very smart of them to do this because it avoids stupid situations like this. I hate to call it stupid, but Mm -hmm. look, we're spending a lot of time on it. We could be doing other things, right? So uh, like, you know, doing the wiki right mike anyway (laughs) but what artists can do what comic book artists have done and what art students do is they will look at something that they see and react to it positively they see the way someone filmed a certain shot or took a certain picture or drew a certain thing Mm -hmm. they like how that artist did it they don't have access to that artist they don't have the ability to pick their brain and see how did they come up with that. They have to reverse engineer a piece of art that is in front of them. Mm-hmm. What you do with that is not put a piece of paper on top of it and start tracing. Now, I'm not saying this is what Toyotaro did. No, but it seems very, it seems very, very, close. very likely. So here's what you do instead. What you do is, and I'm saying this, just don't trace, okay? Just, I mean, tracing is good if you want to develop your artistic skills. Just don't put it out there. That's your own personal development. Mm -hmm. Here's what you do do. You take something that you really enjoy and you try to replicate what made that thing happen. So in this example... He sees a pose that is really dramatic. Mm -hmm. He does not then go and redraw that pose. He gets a model to pose like that and put himself in the position, in the physical position Mm -hmm. that he could see that pose from that angle. From that angle, yeah. Because it has to be realistic. And you can embellish realism a little bit. I mean, that's that's comic book art in a nutshell. It's just embellishing upon reality. So you put yourself in the physical position where you can see that pose being done in front of you and you draw that. Because if you're an artist worthy of your salt you can replicate that Mm -hmm. and show your skill in that regard than taking an existing work and putting your own spin on it where much less skill goes into it that's the thing like it seems so easy to avoid this where it was a clear i put a piece of paper on it and i traced it like there's the model figure is a great way to describe it taking a photo of yourself in a similar position and trying to do it like take an action figure and do the same exact thing get your mom to stand there for a while like just something yeah you're you're saying exactly what these art students have done it seems so easy to me And, and so the question then becomes well why didn't he do that something you mentioned a lot of people put out there as a defense i put in quotes is well maybe he didn't have enough time that's exactly what i want to go back to yeah but that's not my problem 
Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, I agree with you uh, because the artist didn't have time, maybe had too much work, maybe had to rush on a couple of things. And so they take shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, does that person then get penalized for taking a shortcut? It depends on the shortcut. It depends on the ramifications of the piece. Did it cause any commercial harm to the original artist? I'm going to say absolutely not. A cover of V Jump is not going to take money away from a person working at Marvel. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. No, a person who's doing art for Marvel and is doing fine on his own. You know, look, he can get upset about it, but he's still getting paid by Marvel at the end of the day. So he has really not much that he can really argue on. Marvel can certainly go against V-Jump if they want, but mm. what's really going to happen from that? Is there really anything that's going to benefit Marvel by doing that? that? That's a big question is, so what? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, so what? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really have an answer for that. Uh, I have very strong feelings about artistic integrity and right. what I think right. could be done and should be done. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that was followed here. But I'm not judge, jury, and executioner of Toyotaro. Bingo. Uh, like you said, that that's up to Marvel and Shueisha to take care of. And now, granted, uh, maybe my opinion is a little slanted because you told me about the background on to uh, Toyotaro yeah. and how there are some people who don't really like his work. And so maybe that's coming into his, their criticism it of him. Absolutely. And they is. want to see him taken down because right, right. here's clear evidence of him uh, causing a crime. Well, you still don't have the evidence. You do not call this evidence. There is no <laughs> evidence here. You are looking at this coincidence. This is not a criminal case. This isn't even a civil case. Like this is just right. words on the internet right now. Exactly. So, you know, you do not have the proper evidence that you need to go after this criminally. So just don't bother. At the same time, when you see Toyotaro's work that isn't representative of another piece of work, this is not the time for you to start looking at every piece he's ever done and start tracing it back to other pieces. But in some cases, if you're seeing a real trend where a majority of, of his work is doing that, mm -hmm. then you kind of have a case there where this person may need to be disgraced the same way Kenji Yamamoto was. Now, my question to you, though, Mike, yeah. is it fair that Yamamoto was criticized the way he was after years of this practice? Well, that's one of the big questions is people always talk about how prevalent it was in Japanese musical society, anime composition specifically, and was he just the one that got taken down and, and then that got everything quiet again for another couple of decades? You're asking me, do I think it was fair what happened to him? I, I do. It got to a point in Dragon Ball Kai when he was literally plagiarizing note for note, like current Hollywood movies. And is the musical score of Dragon Ball Kai, even though the songs are for sale on soundtracks, is that going to take away from the sales of Elizabeth, of Terminator? No, it's not going to take away from those sales. But like it, it's so obvious and the intent is so there and the history is so obviously there. I feel as not an artist, but someone who feels strongly about artistic integrity, something should have happened. And I guess something did happen. And to me, it was luckily it was just Dragon Ball Kai. It wasn't the real original product at that time that was then interrupted and, uh, and affected on an international scale. My feelings are strong and apathetic at the same time mm -hmm. because yeah. I don't create Dragon Ball. Sure. I am not on Toei's payroll. I am not in Shueisha's payroll. Mm -hmm. None of this affects my bottom line in any way whatsoever. I'm just a dude who talks about this on the internet. But you're seeing a perceived injustice that you're just letting happen by not responding or using your platform in a way that brings light to it, right? Yeah, to me, it is... I am here to say things that have happened. Mm -hmm. And if I don't say things have happened, I have failed doing my job of saying a thing that has happened. And that's, I guess I'll wrap it up here with you that way where it's, 
I have now said Toyotaro has been accused by fandom of doing a thing. I have acknowledged this has happened. Have I done my job? What do you think? I would say so. Is right? it up to me to do anything else? What What am I supposed to do here, Jeff? I don't Please help me. Let me tell you what you and your audience can do about this. You vote with your dollars. When you see... Jeff, uh, I, I, I have to buy V-Jump every month. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. And that's fine. And and uh, people who are passionate about the fandom do because there is enough creative content there to invest in. You're not buying V-Jump because this person drew the comic. You're buying V-Jump because it's Dragon Ball. You buy Dragon Ball stuff. That is your point. Yeah. If you are a fan of Toyotaro, you may want to reevaluate some of his works and really question some of the integrity behind the work. Sure. And how that then influences your purchases going forward. And that's not to say you can't like what there was. That's not to say you can't cherish the memories of the things you've done. Right. I, I always say that uh, about Yamamoto's score, and I, I say it myself. I love Battlepoint Unlimited. I think it's an amazing remix composition. Nothing can take that away from me. Simultaneously, I can acknowledge <laughs> he didn't create those notes. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say burn up V-Jump and get rid of the art. No, the art has to exist. You need to keep it. Do not go down the path of fascism. Just <laughs> let the stuff exist because it's already out there. They're not going to destroy copies of V-Jump. They're making money off of it. So they're, they get their point across. Yeah. You, however, as a fan, need to not invest in this artist if you feel that they're actually committing a crime. At the same time, besides voting with your dollars, do not put crimes on people that do not deserve it. And they don't mm. deserve it if there is no direct evidence that they've committed a crime. I think people would say... But there is direct evidence of no, there is tracing not. here. There is absolutely not. Yeah. You can put another piece. You can put a picture on top of another picture. Go on Instagram. How many freaking vacation photos do you think of the Eiffel Tower there have been? <laughs> yeah, do you yeah. want to start picking p people apart on Instagram saying, look, you shot the Eiffel Tower at the exact same location as this other person. Your art needs to be destroyed because that already exists. I stop myself from taking certain photos hmm. because when I go to places and I see landmarks, I know that landmark has been in three billion photos that were better yeah, taken than anything I could have What am done. I adding to society by doing that? Thank yeah. you. You know what I'm adding? When I put myself in front of the camera, that's what I'm adding because I've been there. But just Okay, to but Toyo Taro put himself in front of the proverbial camera here. He's literally on the front page of V-Jump. He's on the front page of V-Jump, but he his name isn't there. His artwork's there, but his name is in the back credits somewhere. Yeah, only because he is a, a lower rung person. Like, if it was actually, well, no, even when it's Nakatsuru, they, his name is in the back. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So you're not selling the artist to me with this cover. You're selling me the story. Mm -hmm. You're selling me, well, you're giving me an attractive cover to sell me the story, basically, or to get me interested in reading it. But you're not selling me on the artist. So that's my point. Uh, and hence why, you know, I, I do more than just take a photo of I'm, I'm kind of ranting about a completely different topic, but trust me, it's relevant. OK, uh, you don't take a photo of something that, you know, has been shot three billion times. That's not interesting. You yeah, put but, yourself but, in. But it. it's interesting to you because you know that you were there at that time and you took that photo. You took it with your material. Yeah. If you're in the photo, then there's more evidence that you took it. Who cares about the evidence? I know as a person who took the photo that it was mine. It matters. And I had that experience. It matters because I can go to any photo of the same landmark rip it off say it was mine but that's on you and it has nothing to do with me yeah but are you going to encourage that practice for other people because then it can translate to things like this where plagiarism is so easy to trace over i don't i don't work. follow it all 
Well, what I'm saying is you your own pra- in your own practice, if you take a photo of a landmark, right? Yeah. Or draw a landmark, you've got to do something about it to make it interesting, because if you don't, then you're just one of billions and there's nothing to it besides the sentimental value, which I understand. But at the same point, if that's not then followed up with you being there then go get the same sentimental value from the 3 billion other photos of the same exact place. Your digital trash doesn't need to exist when so much of that already exists. Like there's no point uh, in you doing it. I don't think that's relevant. I do not see your point here at all. And Hmm. and how that plays into paid official promotional artwork well now hold on let's let's make that distinction i'm talking about like personal memory versus commercial that's the thing uh, i don't get why are you even talking about that i'm talking about it because it's a habit because when you're doing uh something like and you know if you're taking photos of yourself on a vacation and you're keeping it for yourself that's you know perfectly fine i'm saying don't do that because you could just exercise so much more creativity and be more interesting when you can put your spin on things doesn't mean that you have to do it that gets into this like third side conversation of we all live behind our screens too much actually view and enjoy things rather than Mm, through the lens we won't get into that yeah i know what you're talking about no (laughs) we're not going to get into that but what i'm saying is if you're exercising creativity in that way then you can better understand the situation that we're seeing here where rather than taking the time to get a model and do an, an original thought, they're just taking a piece of paper and tracing. Yeah. Uh, right. And I'm saying if you're if you're going to do the thing where you take a picture of a landmark, you could be benefiting yourself so much more if you did something more than just take the same picture you've seen 3,000 times over again. Do something else with it. Exercise some creativity. Mm-hmm. You'll better understand the hard work that goes into something like a cover and really just get more, I wouldn't say of an appreciation of original artwork, but I would say you would get a better understanding as to some of the motivations behind why someone would trace in the first place. And not to say that he shouldn't be guilty if he, if big, if here, if he actually did do any copying, but understand that you don't know the full picture behind what went into the creation of that work and the time and effort that it takes to be creative in this kind of uh, atmosphere. And, you know, yeah, just think about the greater global context. We're a global community. And if you're going to steal from another culture's, uh, uh, which (laughs) we're going to see that when we talk about uh, Steve Rice's drumming in the next episode of Fidelity. I was just going to say, I think an important, relevant point to that is actually talking about remix culture. And maybe people are just people younger than us, even because we've certainly done this and we continue literally doing it right now. People are so accustomed to I'm just going to take something and do something with it because of course I'm going to do that because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. It's a very tough conversation. I don't think there's never mind there not being an answer. I'm not sure that there's a question to go along with it, but uh, just it, it came to a head with this particular piece of artwork and that certainly was that. Jeff, thanks for <laughs> hanging out and talking art for a little bit. You're welcome. Yeah, so uh, what we're going to do now, uh, that was all heavy stuff. We're going to transition to stupid fun uh, Julian is going to ask us questions and by us, I mean, Mary and I from the 590 quiz book, and we're going to laugh and yell at each other for like half an hour or so. That sounds like fun. Yes. So everyone enjoy that. And, uh, I'll see you on the flip side of all that. 
Uh, Julian, hi. Hi. You're here. Literally. Yes. Literally. I, I can't get the lock off the chain on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> he is trapped in the dungeon. Send help. Uh, this is an episode I have been holding off uh, actually for years. What? Because I wanted Julian here with us to do this episode. Like he had to be chained here in order to do this episode? Absolutely. How hardcore is this? Well, we're going to hear all about it. Julian, holding in your hands the 590 quiz book. We haven't done anything with this. So this is a quiz book that came out back in uh, 2015. In fact, from memory, it's like one of the last things I bought before I got on the plane with my family to come to the U.S. (laughs) And it is a collection of quiz questions, some easy, some hard, uh, about Dragon Ball. Uh, Characters, story, famous lines, that sort of thing. And uh, I think it's our mission now to quiz the two of you. (gasps) (laughs) And we're going to see how we do, Mary. Oh, crap. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a little scared of how this is going to go. So hopefully this is... I hope I completely annihilate you. I'm excited. Uh, I'm frightened. I'm horrified. Let's just get right into it. Julian, you said that uh, the questions are ranked by battle power. We got to say the battle powers as we go. That's true. To see how bad we suck at this. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Uh, how do you want to scrub level? This? I mean, there's 590 questions. We're farmer not do with them all. Farmer with a shotgun. I'm gonna skip the illustration that, that's questions. Not an answer, Mary. <laughs> You can't just say that. <laughs> That's a power level. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to skip the uh, illustration questions since you can't see. Sure. I think I'm also going to skip the res- Resurrection F questions because that's too recent whatever you feel like asking us mad lib we'll see how it goes and and i'll edit around the awkward silence as julian flips pages looking for questions okay. or it, i'll just keep talking like this to stall for time Who is, knows? Some, is somebody going to keep track of the accumulated yes. battle power i i suppose i can i will do open so up notepad over here old um, school notepad excuse me i am on mac os 10 okay so what's the mac equivalent of notepad because i'm a scrub who doesn't it's, know it's notes it, it's text edit hold on all right why is it 590 because you both sighed at my question hold on (laughs) because it's the equivalent of a corporate dad joke okay so uh the number five can be read as go and the number nine can be read as ku so it's oh shit therefore 590 because 59 would be too short very cute how we want to do this do we want to say like i got it or i know or we don't have Buzzers. We don't have buzzers. We'll just have to okay. scream on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> so just another day in the life of Philippe Hazzle. I have fast kicking Krillin. I can. I have nothing. That's not fair. I got nothing. Does Bubba Trunks do anything? He doesn't, except like look cool. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Go. First question. Yes. For three hundred points of battle power, what was the reason why Kamesenin gave the Kinto to Goku? Oh, 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 I got it. Because the uh, the fan uh, had been spilled on and was destroyed or ruined or something. So he needed something else to give him. The Kintoon? Yeah. Because he... Can I give my answer yeah, in the yeah. event that Mike is wrong? My answer is that because he's not good-hearted, so he can't write it. So he's may, may as well give it to Goku. Okay, the answer that the that is given for this question is... Because he saved the turtle who was lost and brought him back. Oh, I, I, oh 
I'm not man. going back further enough in Damn. the Plus, thing here. It was not the fan that he originally thought to give Goku. It was it was the gift of eternal life from the uh, from, we both or, suck. from the from the undying bird, the phoenix. Right. And these who, are the easy oh, answers. Who died of food poisoning? Yes. Right? All right, man. We are <laughs> off to a bad start. We're in negative battle power. Right now. <laughs> I'm not going to count negative battle power. Look, look. It's been a long day. All right. Next question. This is. This is bad. <clears throat> so continuing on the subject of Goku, I'll, I'll go with one for 300 battle power. Who, From whom did Goku receive the Nyoibo as a child? Oh, his Grandpa Gohan. Yes. That seemed too obvious. I was going to say that too. Well, you but it was like, I said it first. So, mm, no, okay, so, fine. Some of them are easy. Some of them are hard. Mike, 300. Zero. 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 You're that, actually that, at that's zero. That's more than <laughs> what are you doing over there, Mike? How many zeros are you having on to a your lot. score? All right, next question. Are we sure we should have him score himself? <laughs> okay. For 500 battle power, when Goku first appears in the Tenkaichi Budokai, yes. how old does he say he is? He says he is 14. 14. That was literally the was same the exact time. second. No. No? Shit, are we both At wrong? At the Tenkaichi Budokai, <sighs> he says he is 12. Shit. But he's... When he was with Bulma in Chapter 2, he says he's 14. But at the Tenkaichi Budokai, says that he didn't know how to count back then, and now he realizes he's 12. God damn it. See, we overthought the question. But the fact that we both overthought it, that must mean we're married. All right. I accept defeat on that one. Okay. Mutual defeat. This is looking real bad. You should have had actual Dragon Ball experts do this. (laughs) What the fuck am I doing here? Okay. Because Julian's the only one who can read the book. For Battle Power 300. Okay. What did Goku think that a bride was? Food. Mary. Ding, 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 uh, I'll give it to Mary. Yes. Ding, 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 that was easy. That was correct. That was easy. All right. Let's go. Come on. I'm okay, ready. Okay, okay. Kaioken that Goku used against Frieza was up to how many times? 20. 100. <laughs> 100. <laughs> I got that one. Thank you. How many battle powers was that, Julian? Well, um, that one? That was 500. The answer was 20. <laughs> well, that's that. Thank you. What? Why would he not that's go correct. 100? Uh, <coughs> 100 is a bigger number than 20. I, I believe Goku uses Kaioken times 100 in Dragon Ball Z movie 4. Oh, good, good, good. It's awesome. Oh, dear. Reclaiming my cred here. Okay. With what line does Goku send off Majin Buu when he defeats him? One, farewell. Number two, see you later. Number three, bye, cha. <laughs> this is for 500, by the way. One. Answer number two, then. That's correct. Damn it. <laughs> he says, see you later, because he, he's asking that he be revived. Right, I was going to say, I, I thought it would go on to something else, like he come back as a good guy or something like that. But That's, that's all they give you in the room. Mm, all right. How many was that? 500. I'll take the 500 on that. Thank you very much. I would also have accepted Baicha just because it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Julian's in charge of <laughs> alternate answers now, too. Okay. Uh, this is a question for about Son Gohan. Who made the dogi that Gohan used on planet Namek? One, Chi-Chi. Two, Gohan. Three, Piccolo. Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi. No. Oh. She dresses him for the space flight, but that's not his oh, dogie. God damn it, that's right. That was So who did it, make the outfit? Gohan himself. Wow. <laughs> go Gohan. It's your birthday. Go Gohan. Good job, guys. Oh. Okay. 
for that that was 300 points but since neither of you got it <laughs> after the battle with frieza what was the reason gohan hesitated in returning home oh god had he not studied for an exam it's very close oh any any uh, other stabs in the dark here? The fact that he didn't study and it's not the right answer? Well, it's close. He hadn't done his homework. My next answer would be he didn't finish his homework, yeah. <laughs> That's Gohan to a T. It was in the ballpark. We're going to move on to what should be uh, Mary's home turf here. Yes. Trunks. Bring it. Oh, it's on. For 500, what is the number written on the side of Trunks' time machine? There's a number on that thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's it's, it's right there no 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 no, no! <laughs> the number is one the number is one that 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 is correct son of a bitch he had access to a prop <laughs> I, I don't know if we're gonna take that question now I'm gonna murderly everyone in this room <laughs> Give me Bubba Trunks, I need a hug. How many battle powers was that? He said it was 500, right? I'm going to add my 500 there, because I was smart enough to know. It's actually, yeah, 500. Okay. Trunks, you you defy your master. Look, you didn't even know there was a number on it. I I at least knew enough to know there was to go look at one. (laughs) An actual spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) Give me that thing. All right, next. All right, when... Trunks emerged from the room of spirit and time. Oh, this is for 300 points, by the way. Okay. How had his appearance changed? Long hair. hair. Mary. You got to give that to me. Give me nothing else but that. And also hotter. How has his appearance changed? He was sexier. He was sexier. (laughs) Because he had long hair and his clothes was ripped. I believe we said hair at the same time, but I'll give you I was first and I need to be acknowledged. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, next question, please. Okay, the ten, 10 years after the battle with Boo, who was going to be Trunks' opponent in the first round of the Tenkaichi Budokai? Oh, Mr. God damn it. Yes, that's for 300. Except I have a fucking cell of that actual scene right here in this very goddamn room. I'm sorry, who said his name, though? The person who remembered his name, obviously, but... I paid the money to have the cell from that scene. I think I slurred through his name, but I got there. Otokoski. Otokoski. Otokoski, yes. I like men. In a similar vein. Yes. For 500 points. Okay. In his first Tenkaichi Budokai as a child. Yes. Who was his opponent in the first round? Who was whose? Trunks's. Iikasu? Oh, God damn it. It started with an I. It's either Idasa or Ikose. Ikose! Idaku! It is Idasa. So we're going to move on to the character of Piccolo. And again, this is uh, the questions are all my choice. And uh, we are going to go with a question, first of all, that is 300. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. When training Gohan, Piccolo gave him clothes and a sword. what? Wow, confident much? Yes. How many was that? 300. How strong am I? For a, a little bit more difficult here, at the 23rd Tenkaichi Budoka, oh, this is for 500. Okay. Please select all of Piccolo's opponents from the list below. One, Tenshinhan. Two, Goku. Three, Kuririn. Four, Shen. Shen, Kuririn, Goku. Yam- Yamcha. Well, okay. Uh, 
That is correct. All right. After merging with God, what did Goku call him on first scene? Kamikoro! I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Oh. It's actually Kamikoro-sama, <gasps> but that's close enough. Mary got the K syllable in there before I did. I'll give it to her. How many was that? That is 300. 300. All right. Finally, what was the reason for Goku's first round loss at the Tenkaichi Bokai against Shin? Read that again. What was the reason for Piccolo's loss against Shin at the Tenkai Ichibudokai? Oh, right, because you said uh, Goku. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 25th, um, he, he forfeited. That is correct. Uh, here's a, a toughie. I'm just trying to overcompensate for my earlier bad answers. All right, keep going. <laughs> for, for 500, <laughs> what was the first opponent Piccolo fought after leaving the Room of Spirit of Time in the cellar? Cell. No, 17. Shit, do another goal. That was before he went in. Cell Jr. Okay, but I gave you a hint, so I'm going to bring that down to 250. What, what, for me? Yeah. No, I knew. I, she got it all wrong. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> I had to give you a hint. No, I didn't need the hint. I was just waiting to... <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay, so we're moving on to Vegeta. While training for the artificial humans, Vegeta trained in a gravity chamber. How many times Earth's gravity... 500. 100. Without going over. The answer is... 300. 300. Shit. Right. try both of you. I knew as soon as I said it that it was 300. Which ear did Vegeta put the Potara in when he merged with Goku? Left. Right. Right. Yep, I can picture it on the page. You're a monkey butt. (laughs) (laughs) How many battle powers do I have now? Too many. You're the one who has the thing. How many does that give me? Oh, that one? Right. How many was that worth? Uh, 300. Okay, for 500, after fighting with Goku on Earth, in the spaceship, where was Vegeta headed? Freeze the planet 79. Yes. What the fucking fuck fuck? Good times, good times. What was that, 500? 79? How many planets does one need? At least 79. At least 78. Who needs 79? Okay. That's just ridiculous. In Frieza's first form, what was his battle plan? 530,000. Yes. How would you even know that, you son of a bitch? That's an important number. No, it's not. What Moving on to another Frieza question. This is my jam right here. Frieza is your jam? Yep. What was the only technique that Frieza showed off in his third form? Or, um, hold, hold on. Yes. Laser beams. Yeah, there's beams from the finger, wasn't it? Yes. Holy shit. 500 points. All right. Good job, Mary. <laughs> I guessed. Because I was thinking of the pew, 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 pew. Yep. Here's a question about dialogue. In his final form, what did Frieza say to Goku that really pissed him off as a, as a Super Saiyan? That Earthling? Uh, a little bit further back. Oh. Are we not talking about Kududin no Koto? Uh, yes. That, Are that's you the talking area, about Kududin? <clears throat> I'll blast you to smithereens like that Earthling. All I'll right. give you half points. Yeah, I was there. 250. What? Did you want the whole... <sighs> All right, I'll take the 250. Not that I need it. <laughs> when um, trying to trick number 18 with number 17's voice. Dr. Kero-sama. Uh, I didn't finish the Jesus question. Jesus, tap dancing Christ. <laughs> yes, that is correct for 500. <laughs> that was the best what, thing. What yet. was the lie that gave away the ruse? Or what was the, the lie that gave Dr. Kero-sama. He would never say Dr. Kero-sama. We him. 
How many points is that? See, I would have gotten that one if not Mike cheating like a I'm bitch. I'm anticipating the question. You got to think like this. Okay. For 300, how many cell juniors? Eight. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing points with this. This is too good. <laughs> Does it make a note about it in the book? Um, It says seven. No points for that, but thank you for asking. <laughs> thank you for asking. <laughs> Uh, okay. Good Eight time. question mark? In the cell game, according to the rules, what constitutes a loss? Dying. Death. That well that that is true, but what what else? Oh, Getting I knocked out ring, of the ring? Ring out because he destroyed the ring so they wouldn't have ring outs. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh either you leave the ring or, or part you of your forfeit? body touches outside. Oh. But yes, being killed is an option, but that's too obvious. I, I guess. guess we'll we'll give ourselves half credit on that. How many points was that? 500. All right, so Mary, I'm going to give both of us 250. Moving on to Majin Buu. <laughs> what did Mr. Satan present to Majin Buu in Game the form Boy! of Boy! chocolate? In the form of chocolate. A chocolate bar? <laughs> Clearly, Mary and I were too oh. preoccupied. We were too, th- too oh, much thinking about Game Boys. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I misread the question. He was asking what he gave him after the chocolate, and indeed, it was the Game Boy. No, so I actually answered right, it we first. Right. Yeah, for the wrong question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me let me get a different one. All right. What is the name of the superstar actor that? Very Martin- oh, <laughs> uh, again, that doesn't really count. We were working on pages okay. earlier. Was fresh on the mind. How or what? What is the method that Majin Buu used to uh, counter the power up or the powered up Gohan? God, I don't remember this arc oh, at all. Jeez, he turned Dabra into a cookie, but. Did he turn him into a gumball or something? No, he didn't. He absorbed Piccolo and Gotenk. Oh my god, you know what? I'm thinking earlier when... Oh, I'm I'm thinking of Gohan versus Dabra and not Boo. All right. For 300, what did Majin Boo turn Chi-Chi into? Egg. <laughs> that is correct. An egg? How many was that? That's not delicious. I mean, it is. A little bit. Excuse me, eggs are delicious. So last part of the Majin Buu section yes. for 500. 500. Right, I'm ready. There were three people who were not hit by Majin Buu's beam to kill all Dende, humans. Dende, Mr. Satan, and Bay. Let's talk sentient beings. And for for that matter, uh, people who are considered human. Who am I forgetting? Arale? We don't know. <laughs> She's a robot. <laughs> Mr. Satan is one of them, yes. But also Tenshin Han and Chaozu. Oh, oh, shit. They didn't mention Dende there? Dende is not human. Oh, He's an alien. Yes, he is. He is Ningen. He is not Saging. Do you want to get into this? Oh, yes. shit. Now is not the time. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. So let's go into some story questions. In the first chapter, what was Bulma planning to get with her wish on the Dragon Ball? Boyfriend. Strawberries. A wonderful boyfriend. God damn it. Originally, she thought an endless supply of strawberries. So that's a confusing question. Because both answers are right. But what she was actually deciding, or what she had actually decided Decided on, on. was the boyfriend. All right, all right. So how many can I give myself there? 500. Okay, here's for 100 points. What technique did Kamehameha use to put out the fire on my frown pan? Kamehameha. My God, first. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely 100. (laughs) I believe it's Master Roshi's Kamehameha wave. (laughs) For what purpose was Kamehameha using the Basho Sen? Uh, coaster. 
Because he's built something on it, didn't he? So a pot. Nabejiki. I'm, lost. I'm losing the word. The thing that you put a pot on top of when it's hot. Uh, like a trivet? Trivet, yeah. Oh, uh, all right. Trivet. Uh, I'm in the ballpark there, but I'll, I won't accept it. Okay, so let's move on to a different question. Yeah, keep us going here. What is the kanji written on Pilaf's clothes? <sighs> oh, God. Is it multiple Emperor? choice? There's two kanji, actually. It's a word. I know he gets P in super. <laughs> yeah. Because he's dressed like a kindergartner. Right. Shit, I don't remember. Um, I believe we have Konzenshu Kanji hey. Guide. The answer is Chahan. Chahan. Oh. Ah. What is the significance of that? Hard rice. Oh. Because he's pilaf. Okay. So, next question. How heavy are the turtle shells initially worn by Goku and Kuririn? 50 kilos? I was going to say 100 kilos. 20 kilos. Oh, 20? oh really? Give him too much credit. I would knock it on Hokotate. <laughs> okay. What is the name of the technique Nam uses against Goku? Oh, it's the cross thing. I don't remember what it's called. You're almost there. Tenku Pekejiken. Sky X fist. Right, basically. right. Moving on. Which one of these colors is not used by members of the Red Ribbon Army? Ooh, all right. Yellow. Black, green, or blue? Green. Yes. Yellow is used by the Red Ribbon Army. It is? Mm-hmm. Who? The tiger guy. Colonel Yellow. Oh. With the plane. How many was the bi- that? The biplane. Oh, the 500. Cool. I think because it's sort of an English question for non-Japanese. Yeah, I suppose. For, yeah. Who is the one that they only mention by name? Uh, silver? No, because they messed up silver. Copper. Mm. Yeah. Oh, here's a quiz about name puns. This is our jam here at Kanzenju. <clears throat> what is the Indian food that is the basis for Chapao? King Chapa. Oh, God. For 500. I don't actually know what it is off the top of my head. It's chapati. Hmm. Chapati. Ah, all right. Here is another one. What is the pun behind the name of Kibito? Uh, attendant. Can you say it in Japanese? <laughs> kibito. Oh, no, it's Tsukibito. Tsukibito. Yep. Yes. Attendant. That was mighty impressive. Murasaki used his Bunshin no Jutsu. Which one was the real one? I don't, I don't know how to answer this question. Bunshin no Jutsu. Splitting yourself into multiple yeah, yeah. copies. Which oh, one was oh, the real God one? God damn it, he was the one because all the others were his twin brothers. So they were all the real one. They were they were Weren't quintuplets. they his brothers? Yes, but n- none of them were fake. They were all real this people. This is a dumb question. Okay, fine. Next question, Okay. Please. How many hairs are on Chaozu's head? One. Yes, 300. Give me something that I'm not going to answer immediately. What is the name of the island that Goku swims from to get to the 22nd Budokai? Oh, I don't remember. Yahoy. Yahoy. <laughs> All right. Oh, I need something else. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. What is the true identity of the masked man who enters but fails to secure a spot in the finals of the 23rd Budokai? Yajirobe. Yes. 300 points. Yeah. Okay, well, right. let, let me find another one for you here. Oh, here we go. In the Namek arc. Okay. In the story question, what star ball is the oh. Dragon Ball that was in the Great Elder's house. Was that the four-star ball there? No. I don't know, Mary. You got six more numbers you can you can say. Three. One. Was it one? Hmm. <laughs> All right, Julian, give us one last question. It's going to be a really good question, and this will wrap up our, our, our tease of the 590 quiz book. One more. One last good question. Goku's house in a remote village, a mountain village, is East what number district? God. <laughs> oh. 128 for no good reason. I don't know it. 439. 
That's a really, that's a solid trivia question that you need to commit to memory. Jeez. Man. That's rough. That was a a good little tease of the 590 quiz book. Uh, That's a lot of questions. I could tally up the the numbers, but it's not really (laughs) worth doing, I believe. Even with some of the, the split credit. I bet even you'd be humbled if you went against a real master. Oh, I totally would. Yeah, that that was that was uh, not putting me in a very good light, but it was fun nonetheless. Okay, I've been waiting to go through that book. That's the kind of thing where I flip through. I'm like, yeah, I can answer these. I can answer these. Yeah, no problem. Oh, and, no way. Oh, you look at some of those. Oh, I don't know about that. So, <laughs> had a good time. Unfortunately, this book does not have uh, an official English license. Uh, Glenot has licensed it in France. Uh, they have an official release. Uh, it may have been hit by other people along the way, but so far it's, uh, it's relegated just there. Uh, man, I would love to see something like this released over here. I don't feel like there's anything super preventing some like Viz from doing it? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, it's becoming more and more out of date, I suppose, as super and more things come out. Yeah. But it's mostly manga focused, so it's not too bad. There's a Resurrection F section in the beginning. Right, right. But there's also, like the question you gave us, the, the name pun on Kibito. Like, I guess you would just have to adapt that somehow uh, appropriately and just expect Perhaps. that people are going to know what the Japanese is. Huh? All right, I enjoyed going through this. Mary, thank you for joining us. And, mm-hmm. and I'm you sorry, I, I stole your time machine. Yeah, you literally did. <laughs> it was stole worth it. it. It was totally worth it. <laughs> thank One. you very much Julian thanks for hanging out and uh, going through the book it was my fly. fiendish pleasure it was good times incredible thanks to Rich and Jeff for taking time out of their schedules that their busy days busy schedules to come chat with me here uh, about artwork very glad and appreciative to have uh, these voices that I respect come on here and chat about that kind of material and of course thanks to Julian for taking the time to record uh, amazing awful things with me here <laughs> www.kanzenshuu.com that is Shu. Dot com. That is the website that you're listening to right now because uh, you can listen to a website. That's how this works. A lot of good stuff in the works right now. Uh, maybe by the time you hear this, we've caught back up on the Toriyama works. Speaking of Toriyama works, uh, if, if you like that stuff, maybe we got some good pre-recorded podcast topics coming your way. Uh, so for Rich and Jeff, thank you. Uh, and then for Mary as well, uh, I have been Mike. We have uh, Heath and Julian and Jake as well. Consenshu.com. Thank you, everyone. Have a lovely day, lovely week. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.